Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Uh, Should we say here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois? Because we're we're not really. uh, We are. And and this is... uh, The majority of us are. uh, A plurality, not a majority. They're two of the five. This is a this is COVID cast number two, the post draft, post schedule release episode of Bills and Beers uh, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Lars. Joining us, the president of the Bills backers of Chicago, Sujit, is here. Chicago will always be our home, other than Bills Nation. Fair enough. Uh, also joining us from. Uh, uh, Chicago by way of Florida. More on that later. The lovely Miss Cassie Hutton is here. It's the Antibodies Tour 2020. Yeah, if the, if we were to do a um, a pool, a listener pool of which of the Bills and Beers crew was to contract coronavirus first, and you had Cassie Hutton, please come select your winnings. Collect your winnings. Uh, well, again, more on that later. And then from Brew City, USA, uh, Buffalo, Bill Nichols, also with us tonight. Cassie, I don't know how, how anyone can be anti your body. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> He's been waiting all day to make that joke. Find us wherever you find your podcast. Find us on social media and all the places. Just search for Bills and Beers. Like I said, gang, we're going to talk a little bit about this draft, a little bit about this schedule, a little bit about this team. Uh, we're trying a new format here. I think this is probably how it's going to be moving forward. Uh, so no idea what this is going to sound like. I think it's going to be nice. I think it's going to be nice for our listeners. I think it's definitely going to be an upgrade for where we were last time. So let's not waste any more of our listeners' precious, precious quarantine time. And let's get right into it. I don't know how we're going to clink. I don't know. Oh, shit. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got something. No, I'm not waiting. <laughs> Earlier today, we got a group me group text message from uh, Jim and Jeff Day down there in Austin, Texas, saying he's very uncomfortable with all of this national love for where these Buffalo Bills are at right now. Too many people saying that these... These Bills are going to finish 12-4. and four. They're going to be the runaway favorites for the division. And and, uh, and that we've won the offseason and that we've had this glorious draft and we've done everything we should over during free agency. And while I'm inclined to agree that I, I, I'd rather we pump the brakes on, you know, how successful this team is going to be and that I will agree to his projection that somewhere around 10 and 6 and competing for the division is, is, is where we're likely going to be. I will say, gentlemen and Cassie, this has been a, a pretty satisfying offseason. And if not, if in no small measure, because as we've been saying now for the last couple years, it's not like hanging in the balance of like one marginal player here or there. We you know we weren't clinging to this draft this year because it was our only hope of getting over the hump. No, a lot of the analysis after the draft was that, hey, this team's actually pretty close. We're just sort of rounding out the edges. And it certainly feels that way. There's reason to believe that this team is headed in the right direction. And we're going to get to all the wonderful things and everything about this offseason and everything we have to look forward to, God willing, if there's an, an NFL season in 2020. But before we do that, 
whenever there's a winner, there is a loser. Whenever there is a Labatt Blue MVP, there is a Genesee Cream Ale. So, Cassie, we'll start with you. Who has been your Buffalo Bills Genesee Cream Ale of the 2020 offseason so far? So I, I made this comment on uh, our little group me, but the draft to me was the ghost of the Buffalo Bills season's past. Mm, okay. And I, I say that because it really, to me, resembled basically every single game in 2019 where we started out really good, picked up a great defensive end, really good running back, but then, you know, coming towards halftime, we shit the bed, right? Fourth, fifth, you're and talking, sixth You're talking pick. specifically about the draft. The draft, yes. Okay, okay. The draft, the overall draft perspective, right? As okay. a, As we're looking at basically how our games performed in 2019, right? So we, we would start out pretty well. We always had this thing I called the, the halftime slump, right? We'd come into halftime. We probably wouldn't score points, and then we'd just, like, come out just abysmal right third quarters we were terrible yeah that's where in the draft we picked up the wide receiver gabriel davis i wasn't a fan we picked up a quarterback right that felt a little schizophrenic what what team are we what are we doing then we picked up a kicker and i thought Mm. we were an Mm. auto thought we were an auto draft at one point (laughs) okay and then third quarter ends we come into the fourth quarter of the draft we get this fabulous wide receiver who i am super stoked about and a good cornerback to finish off our finish off our defense so to me the overall draft felt a lot like games in 2019 and that is my jenny cremel bummer of the 2020 season yeah i think you've identified a a pretty reliable uh pattern um and we talked about it plenty last year and for sure, if, if we were to name a Genesee cream ale of the 2019 season, it would have been that span of time from four minutes to go in the second quarter through probably halfway through the fourth quarter of most games. I'm curious as to why you think, in this case, the the big turnaround was drafting of Oregon State wide receiver Isaiah Hodgkins in the sixth round and, and, and why that for you is reason to believe that we're going to come out on top. He's, from my perspective, he's just a little bit different. I feel like we, we, we've drafted a lot of the same, right? He's a little bit taller. He's got a little bit bigger of a catch radius. He's not just quite a precise route runner. Um He's a little bit of a turning point. Otherwise, we've really drafted a lot of the same players over and over and over again. Well, that's fine. Gotta... I'm, I'm going to go ahead and jump in here, though, because I think one player that we did draft that we haven't drafted over and over again, or at least with, with zero success, so long as any of us have been paying attention, is at the kicker position. And if we were to name a silver medal Genesee Cream Ale of the 2019 season, it might have been Steven Hauschka. And when I look at a kicker taken in the sixth round, it's hard not to think, oh, oh, Steven Hauschka, uh, I, I think someone's coming from your job. And then we see this guy take a drop step and boot one through from 55 yards on Instagram that would have been good from 78. 
And suddenly, all of our concerns about a kicker who can be relied upon somewhere outside 45 yards maybe evaporated. And with it, Stephen Hauschka and all of his on-camera awkwardness could be out the door. So, Hauschka loved you in 2018. No, 2017. Since then, uh, you really haven't done much for anybody. So, if you were the offseason Genesee cream ale, uh, farewell, good riddance. I said it once, I'll say it again. We should blame his wife over and over again. It was ever since she started calling for him for the Pro Bowl. Um, the the one thing, me and Cassie disagreed a little bit on Gabriel Davis because I think we watched the same analysis uh, in, during the draft show, and I came up with the conclusion that he's a you know a touchdown guy. He's a red zone threat and that he could go up and get the ball. Uh, and Cassie got the impression that he's more of a John Brown, a vertical threat, you know, um, but a tall, you know, like and just my, kind of a speedster. Um, and I think that Cassie, I'm, I'm looking at the WGR roundup of the Bills uh, draft picks, and it, I think there it's a little bit of a both. So it says here, Davis was a touchdown machine at UCSF, finding the end zone 23 times. He brings the offense a vertical threat, but from a taller receiver who can go up and take the ball away from defenders. Um, so I think that it, it, it might be an interesting option. Maybe he's fast, but can also go up and get the ball. So that's why I was okay with that. But my Jenny Cremel bummer of the offseason is all the wasted time that we've spent doing all this analysis of who we're going to get. You know, like, hmm. because, you know, we... we there was all the depth, right? Everyone's like, okay, yeah, we're going to get some wide receivers. Then there was a question of, hey, are we going to get a wide receiver because we got Stefan Diggs? Well, we'll probably get another one. Well, we need a running back because we got to replace Frank Gore. And so those are the ones that were kind of obvious. And, of course, uh, an edge rusher. Those three positions were the ones were kind of obvious. But there was all this other talk of like, hey, maybe we're going to get a cornerback. Maybe we could always use to shore up that position. Hey, maybe we're going to get a guard. Maybe we need to, like, shore up that position. All the stuff we talked about last time, you know, when we were trying to say something interesting about what we were going to pick. But it was so irritating, and I think this is kind of what Cassie's getting at, that once we hit that after round three, after we got – Zach Moss, the running back, then it suddenly just became best player available. And it was that that makes it so less interesting. What like, you know, we just drafted based on value. You know, we got a QB because hell, he was a great value at that position. Uh, we got a kicker because holy crap, this guy's a cr- crazy kicker and he's available in the sixth round. And then, of course, Isaiah Hodgins, maybe we don't need another wide receiver, but hey, we, you know, we're going to draft best available. And I think that I think that that's what was partially frustrating because it was like, okay, yeah, I get that he's the best player. And that probably is why we felt like we were on on auto draft. But my whole thing was that you know, maybe that they're that confident in this roster that they're just like, we don't really have a need and we can just fill in the places wherever the best place uh, person's available. Well, so can I Sergio, pile on there for a second? Oh, go ahead, Cass. I was just going to say, since we've all been together, we've never been in that position. It felt so foreign. It felt so foreign. Go ahead, Lars. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know that it is. They also might be wrong. Our roster may still have tons of holes, and they are just overconfident in the nature of our roster. And maybe we shouldn't have been picking up a kicker and, you know, a, a, a random wide receiver or, or, or Quarterback. a QB when we didn't need it. Um, but, you know, I mean, in all fairness, are we going to re-sign Barkley? Like, or is it time for that ship to sail? Uh, and, you know, we only have him for another year, right? And you need a backup. You need a good backup. You need a Frank Reich. Yeah. Um, so uh, what I wanted to pile on to Suge is something that we uh, 
we we as fans were sort of painted into the corner of immediately drafting after drafting Josh Allen, wondering what all of the you know not hired by any major outlets and not hired by any professional sports team uh, digital. I have my own blog and hand out my draft grades. Um, analysts have to say about players and and why we're even listening to these guys and this year again with with the stakes being so low I just tuned all that crap out and I don't know if it's I'm just getting older and I've just become like immune to the draft and the fact that two three years from now we're not gonna know any of these guys names and yet we we just slave over the details for so long and then we have these guys who have these urls it's their first and last night.net talking about their draft grades and like it's just like i don't care like who are you but like why why would anybody listen to you it just doesn't matter I mean, these guys, and God bless them, they watch hundreds and thousands of hours of tape, I guess. And for what? For like, to, for like, to what end? For how much money? And what are you doing with this knowledge? Because you have invariably wasted every year, days of your life, just watching and evaluating college players who aren't going to amount to diddly shit in the pros. And at best... You can be the guy, like, raising his hands who said, hey, in 2009, I told you Antonio Brown was going to be awesome, but nobody nobody knew about him except for me. Like, that's that's the best possible outcome you have as, as one of these draft Nick guys. And so I, th- I asked if I could pile on because I, I've just, like, tuned – and again, we're getting older. We've got a lot going on in our lives. But I'm just tuning these guys out. Like, we talk about an off-season Jen and Cremail, like – what are you guys doing with your lives? Get out of here. Like, who cares about what you have to say? Not me, because even even these Bills guys that we're talking about here, we're not going to, like, four years, four, two years from now, we're going to look back and be like, yeah, I have, I have no, Gabriel Davis, I, he was on our roster. If you would have told me there was a guy named Gabriel Davis who's a Buffalo Bill, never would have told you that. I mean, you can go back two years and listen to this podcast, and we will have talked for 15 minutes about about players whose names we don't even recall. So can I uh, shift our attention a little bit away from the draft with my Jenny Cream Mel? By all means, yes. Thank you. I don't, I don't mean Go to hate on these guys because, again, God, God bless no, them. I'm... They're all trying to make a living, but I don't have time for it. I, it's, it's just it, – Yeah, exactly. And, and, I, and I, 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 don't, I don't know what the value is. But, yes, please, get us off this topic. So my Jenny Cream Ale is a guy who I really, really wanted us to sign and I wanted us to figure it out. And you guys know I was touting his name all year. Um, I, I don't think that he got a lot of uh, enough credit um, for what he was doing to make Jordan Phillips look good. Um, mm. And so the guy I'm talking about is Shaq Lawson. Mm. My problem with Shaq is the way that it all went down. He went to Miami for, what, $1.5 million more than he would have gotten through us, reportedly, was the offer. It's like, come on, man. Like, you're going to play us like that? So that's just, uh, you know, I'm getting, re- I, I'm ready for us to bully him down, man. And, and he's, you know, just really disappointing. No loyalty whatsoever. Didn't really want to be part of the team. He's my Jenny Cream Mill of the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, think I think this... it's interesting. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I, I just went off the draft beat next. So you go ahead. The, 
the, you know, Jeff brought up the idea that it's actually probably a couple million more because of the state income tax and whatever. Uh, but I think that you know he tried to get on board and he tried to be part of the culture. But I think that the bills just left a sour taste in his mouth because he started off and we talked about this during last pod uh, that he started off and he was going to be a superstar with Rex Ryan and. You know, everybody gave us huge, huge high grades for that pick at that position. Uh, very similar to the, um, gosh, uh, to to, to, our, to uh, Ed Oliver's pick. Um, but unlike Ed Oliver, he never flourished, whether it was injuries or whatever. And so I just think he wanted a different scene. And I think that he's always been a little bit of a, you know, uh, I'm a I'm a diva type of guy, and he wants to be that person. He He's not interested in being the... Uh, you know, the the, the quiet, uh, strong veteran. He does not interested in being the Kyle Williams. He wants to be the T.O., you know. And so um, I think he gets to do that in Miami. Uh, and so I think that it was it was a little bit of those things that, that, that this Bills organization, not this organization specific, but Buffalo in general, the entire experience wasn't what he dreamed it would be, and he wanted a fresh start. So in some ways I don't blame him for that. Um, but I, I get your point. Like, he did resurrect his career with this regime, and what's to say that he's not going to go down to Miami and end up back just the way he was with Rex Ryan and, and with everyone else? He was a first-round pick. I feel like our, our yeah. second-round pick number 54 – is a better pick than Shaq Lawson. I don't know. See you goodbye. I, I, yeah, Cass. That's you know, and I haven't actually thought about it in those terms. I, I actually think so. I, I agree with everything that both Sujit and Bill said. I think you guys are spot on. I also think that Shaq Lawson is a nice player. I think that Shaq Lawson does what Shaq Lawson does fairly well, and I and that is my expectation for AJ Ampanessa. And I think that in the second round, that's exactly what you need. And and on our last pod, we talked about, you know, Bill, you said like for just a couple million and a half, what they have picked up to, quote, replace Shaq Lawson gives us a pretty good indication of, of how they perceived his value. And I think that they, I think that they, they in their minds, it's not Mario Addison and it's not the guy we got from Seattle, um, can't even remember his name on the other D lineman we got the, to replace Shaq Lawson. I think it's AJ Panessa. Yeah. Like they they thought that they could get at the fifty fourth pick what 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 how four years ago we got at the seventeenth pick. Nineteenth. And I think yeah. Well, yes. I mean he's gonna be he's gonna be a different type of player. I don't is he? But I think that the, yes yeah he's not an edge rusher. I, I, Shaq Lawson's Shaq Lawson. a bender. No, he's a bend around guy. Like he's got he was some. Supposed to be. Wait, wait, who, 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 who? Mario Addison is not going to no, be. No, Shaq, Shaq Law. No, I'm saying that Epinesa is not going to be. Epinesa is a straight back. I'm going to drive you back. Maybe get a, maybe get around the corner, but I'm not going to bend around the corner. I'm going to collapse wait, this okay, side yeah, of the but pile. I, I, but I don't think that Shaq Lawson was that either. Right. I mean, Shaq Lawson never showed he that ability to. to be. To be a speed rusher, and and he's he was always like a, and that's why he was so good against the run, right? He was yeah. just a power person. He he never had that ability to be a, a speed rusher around the edge, and I think that that's one of the reasons why they got Mario Addison is because he in his career has shown a better ability to rush the quarterback. Yeah, I would say that Jerry Hughes, and to a, a lesser extent, and I don't know much about Mario Addison, fits more of that bendy mold. And I I would never have categorized Shaq Lawson in as that, and I think that he was supposed to be, I think he was supposed to be that rush, but he never was. But anyways, let's not dwell on the negative. I think a lot of good points were made. Bill, I'm 100 percent with you. 
Suge, I, I agree with your follow-up completely. And Cassie, we'll, we'll see what the future holds for Isaiah Hodgkins uh, in Buffalo. Hopefully, hey, hey, who knows? Maybe he's next Antonio Brown. God willing. But as we said. Definitely a possibility. It. Definitely a possibility Definitely. that Shaq Lawson could lose his mind. Anything is possible. I mean, especially because it seems like Miami seems to breed craziness. So, and we actually haven't said the name Stefan Diggs yet. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> well, that's because we're in the Jenny Cream Mail, though. I know, Jenny I know, Cremel. I know. Well, we also talked about him last time. So, the Bat Blue MVP of the 2020 offseason, and I'm going to go first. I'm going to take a name here because I think this guy, <laughs> as we had said a lot last year, is quietly. The, the most underrated and underappreciated Bill that we never talked about this guy. We took him for granted all the time. And the way that the, the Bills have assembled this defense is yet another indication that he is the unanimous nucleus. He is the guy through which this defense runs. He calls the plays. He is the man, Tremaine Edmonds. You want to talk about we're rounding out the edges? Yeah, it's because we got our linchpin in the center of this defense, and it's Tremaine Edmonds, and God damn it, we do not talk about that nearly enough. Yeah, I love it. I love it, Lars. I love the fact that he's finally coming into that position. He's going to become our Brian Urlacher, if you will. Um, you know, and, and just be, the, with the speed, with the size, with the, you know, just the, the just everything. The like leadership, everything. You know, and so and, you know, I love that right behind him is Micah Hyde, you know, and so just another massively underrated defender uh, that I mean, he's going to get paid. I know that we're talking about getting Poyer set, um, but I think that Micah Hyde's another one uh, that's, you know, you know, one works at the linebacker level, one works at the safety level, calling out defenses and calling out protections. Um, the, uh, the 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 thing I love most about Trent. Um, Tremaine Edmonds is not Trent Murphy. Not Trent Murphy. I'm sorry, I do. There's nothing I love about that season man. Has officially begun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Peace, bro. But the uh, is is the fact that you know we also gave him some support with AJ Klein. That's what I'm right? saying. So I think that he's not he's not the only person. Like he he's not going to take a step back because he lost his brother in the linebacker position. You know, it's it's a big loss to lose Lorenzo Alexander, but you come back with someone that's a solid solid player you know um but so now yeah i mean everyone else add on to that i got my own idea for my jenny creek or for my blue bat blue uh but uh but yeah anyone else yeah i can i can go on my labat blue um yeah let's have I, it I, i'm gonna i'm gonna take two one i'm going to give an honorable mention um to the first live sporting event type mm. sporting event that we had during the coronavirus. And oh my God, the Thursday night draft was one of the most entertaining events because of our group chat. I mean, that was just <laughs> us talking about everybody's houses and everything. I, enjoyed that thoroughly Goodell going from Mr. Serious to we think he's high though he's wasted like it was just completely entertaining so I want to thank you to guys com well, to completely hung over the next day yeah yeah Goodell I mean like, let's not bury the lead here like the the subplot to end all subplots was 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 monitoring at what stage 
Goodell was in his edibles throughout the night and throughout the weekend because because every day by like the 25th pick he was getting more and more and more and more relaxed I mean that was the best entertainment TV entertainment so uh, kudos to the NFL kudos to you guys I've never watched so much NFL draft coverage in my entire life uh, but it was wonderful um I mean, ain't shit else to do. The one thing I will say, I was genuinely concerned that that man had coronavirus by the end. Like the, I was looking at the uh, what's it called? So like once he started to like lay back in his chair, like he's not just like I was like I don't understand. You normally have to go up to a podium and announce this pick all the time, and that's the only time that you're on camera, so you could be sitting the rest of the time. But by like the thirtieth. 40th and then certainly in the next round you know the next pick like he looks so exhausted yeah. and I didn't understand why because there's only 30 40 picks and normally he's in a micro so finally by the end of it he's laying sitting in a chair and then I'm like okay what's wrong with you and then by the end he's like straight up laid back in, in his chair and looks and looks distinctly pale and I'm just like oh no he must be febrile like he's definitely got coronavirus and so um, I I don't know I think there's something seriously wrong with Goodell I, I'm I'm not comfortable with his natural state right now I mean, if, if he... we all had to play I want to go back to Cass in a second if, if we had to all I'm looking at it online so I don't want to give anything away how wait what'd you type in Goodell <laughs> hi how old do you think Roger Goodell is 65. Okay. 52. 69. 62, 69. I said 50, 50, 52. 52? Yeah, I'm going so, under. I think he's an old fucker. So would, would you be surprised to find out he was 74? Yes. See, I knew, I know, I, I knew that he, they wasn't he actually really? as, as no, young so as he was. You I knew that he had some just for men. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. I wouldn't because he's, he's 61. He's 61. So I think Bill, oh. I think Bill was closest, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that like Roger Goodell was like seventy four, with just like a lot of plastic surgery and yeah, and, and just for men. like fifty million a year, like you know. Yeah, you you wouldn't yeah. be able to and tell that from the look of his basement. fucking basement, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My God. All right, so yeah, Cass, mean, we, all those guys, man. No, no one had an impressive basement or any sort of setup. The only guy was uh, what's Cliff, his name from Arizona? Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury. Oh, Kingsbury. Yeah, and all the draft picks were like in what were, was very obviously an Airbnb. So it's like the world's yeah. most generic backsplash with like dark cabinets and just no decorations. <laughs> No I'm, toilet paper. I'm pretty sure that one of the people <laughs> the next day, a different family was in that same <laughs> run. I, I swear to God, because I was I remember thinking like the artwork was really strange. And then I was watching on day two and I was like, wait, that. But th- I saw that yesterday. Like, and so either there's, there's two Airbnb. Now, don't get me wrong. If you've ever been to an Airbnb, you know that so like someone will buy like six units and decorate them all the exact same. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely a possibility. But somebody was living in the exact same replica of someone from day one. I mean, so quick, quick side side trip on on that very specific <laughs> note. Bill and I were at a bachelor weekend in in Milwaukee for a mutual friend who happens to be a Patriots fan. We've, we've talked about him on this podcast before. But this, this Airbnb was one of the creepiest places I have ever been into. But they, I, I swear to you, just straight up stole artwork from like a Holiday Inn Express to decorate this place. It was, it was like the most generic and stupid art. And they had like 
the same pieces in just different rooms throughout the entire place. Yeah. They were not trying to impress us no. by like the qual- the quality of their Airbnb. They had a basement that literally had oh. like it. Ch- it Dude, no joke. You can't. You, a homeless it, person it's, it's was impossible probably living this. down there. Yes. Yeah. No, that was that was one of two things. Probably both a squatter living down there or a full blown rape den. I mean, it was. It, it, it. I. You can't. None of you can see Bill. He's nodding. You cannot overstate how sketchy the basement was. Well, it was housing for University of Wisconsin Milwaukee. That's true. I mean, anyhow, Cass, it was. Ha- I want to. Yeah, it was. How many of you guys on a bachelor going. party? Um, anyways, I. I'm. That was my honorable mention. Very entertaining. Uh, my my real one is, and you guys have heard this, and and I've learned terminology because of how great these videos are. Stefan Diggs workout videos. <laughs> Are I thought you were gonna... <laughs> not something. Stop. Not something else about. Stephon. We know exactly. Would you stop lying, Cassie? Stop lying. It ain't nothing about that man's speed that interests you. Okay. Oh my God. Looking yes, at penises. You were straight up looking at penises all day. By the way, I did not know that honker. I thought it was a nose. Apparently not. Um, but Stefan, I, you... I thought he had his cell phone in his pants. It's one round cell phone. <laughs> but you his he is just a legitimate athlete like he his quick titch twitch like muscles and his like <laughs> his quick dick what 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 god he you i just get, i'm gonna watch him like non-stop like during the season <laughs> now it's not like a stalker <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm done. Cassie, who's your Labatt Blue player of the game? <laughs> Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs penis. <laughs> Stefan Stephon Diggs penis. <laughs> <laughs> the SDP. The SDP. Cassie, but he watch. was a healthy scratch this week. Yeah, but did you see his penis on the sideline? <laughs> <laughs> Stefan Diggs wasn't even active this week. Oh, yes, he was. <laughs> Anyways, anyone out there, just <laughs> follow him on Instagram. He's a pure athlete is all I'm going to say. I'm done. You're all right. I will say no. It do, it does look exciting. It actually reminded me of those uh, that off season when we first got uh, Sammy Watkins and we were seeing like him like torched cornerbacks in practice. Uh, mm. That was just a cool thing to watch. So I, I agree with I agree with Cassie in that. But I'm definitely not going to say anything other than she's just looking at his penis. I will say that my as a change of pace, my uh, Labatt Blue of the off season is quarterback Jordan Love from Utah State um, because. Here we are watching the fucking Packers ready to go, really arguably a team that could go to the fucking Super Bowl. And with their first round pick, they decide rather than help Aaron Rodgers, they are going to start building for the future and and and, and draft a fucking quarterback. And the reason that I'm picking them is because we didn't have that level of a head scratcher. Mm. It seemed like all the time, so many drafts, we've sat there and watched them be like, they drafted who? CJ Stiller? They drafted what? They, yeah, they draft. wait, but what? But we needed a, we needed a wide receiver. But what? Why would we get another fucking cornerback? Like, it's just, there was this, like, feeling of, like, there were so many teams where you just watch them and you're like, whoa, wh- why would they do that? And, and none of those are more so than watching Green Bay do that. Um, so, I will say that that was, and I know that that's the kind of their mo. Like when they drafted Aaron Rodgers to replace 
uh, what's his face? But I don't think this is the same NFL as when when Brett Favre was around. But anyway, so that's my Labatt Blues. That it just made me feel happy, even though there were some questions, like Cassie was saying about, um, you know, whether we needed a quarterback or whatever. But still, at least there was never a head scratch. And we're like, oh, that wasn't even a good value. This was, you know, just completely crazy type of a pick. Um, and so that that's my Labatt Blues. That we didn't do anything this off season that just made you be like. What the fuck? Like we didn't like trade Josh Allen, you know, <laughs> like or something crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. We, good. The the Bills the Bills did well because they didn't do poorly. Uh, I do want to talk Mark. about Zach Moss in a minute because uh, I think that I think that of all picks, that's the one that we could look at and go like, ah, did we did we need that there? And I I actually have a very strong opinion about this that is very consistent with what I said on our last pod, but. Bill, but before we get to that, I want, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I mean, my Labatt Blue uh, MVP is going to go to Brandon Bean, um, and you know we'll go we'll go McBean in general. But the uh, the consistency with which he is building this team and this franchise is refreshing. And the fact and the nice thing is as well as he is getting you hear from any of the. NFL uh, experts that are on TV, um, whatever you might want to say about them, he is finally like, starting to get the respect and mentions of a lot of different people, whether it is Polian or it's Lewis Riddick, some of the guys that know a little bit more than the other guys, the quote-unquote insiders, um, starting to get the, um, you know, you hear consistently, they're doing the right thing, they're building it the right way in Buffalo. And I love the fact, I mean, there's two things that are a testament to that. One of which is last offseason, we bring in how many offensive linemen? Hmm. Yes. I don't know. Nine. Ten. Eleven. Nine, ten, whatever it was. You compete for the job. He knew that that was an area that 100% needed to be built, developed. And so he brought in a bunch of guys. This offseason, you go and you know what? Josh Allen needs some weapons. All right, let's bring in a wide receiver. Hmm, Stephon Diggs. The best one Boom. available. Let's let's bring in not one draft pick, but how many how many wide receivers did we draft? Two. Two at least. Three. Two at least. I don't know whether. Yeah, did we get three? Two. Either way, uh, oh, draft, bringing in got. Yeah, so bringing in guys to already compete with, by the way, Isaiah McKenzie, Robert Foster, some of the guys that, with the addition of Stefan Diggs, were, would play a completely different role this upcoming year than they were last year. So we're going to see some pretty interesting stuff going on, some pretty um, nice guys emerging, uh, Dawson Knox. I mean, you just think of the way that Stefan Diggs is going to impact this team you know, one with his ability to already beat coverage, to stretch the field, to make his amazing catches, but two, the impact that he's going to have uh, on the other receivers, and other receivers are going to be there because of the way McBean are building the team. So I got to believe that. Go I got to believe that some of those wide receivers are, are either going to be gone, or uh, well, no, yeah, some of those wide receivers are definitely going to be gone. I mean, totally. I, I can't imagine keeping again. You know, whatever the Ray Rays, the Isaiahs, all those other things in the world. When you then have a Stephon Diggs, like at some point you do have a, a bloating at that position of um, 
mediocre talent. It's one thing to have bloating of very good talent. I also don't think they're done with Duke Williams. There's a reason why he mm. was a featured player in the yeah. in the in, in, in the in the, that last game. Um, I think they view him as a, a a speedier tight end. I think they want him as a big bodied wide receiver. And unless that guy Gabriel whatever can replace him, I don't think that they're going to get rid of him. One, he's cheap as shit. Um, but I think that like I, I do think they have some faith in him. Um, but I, I agree with you, Bill. I mean, I think that it's been a situation where it's not a head scratching situation. You know, it's just not that we needed, we needed a better offensive line. Now, would I have liked to add more to that offensive line? Would I like to add more depth? Yes. Sure, sure, but it's a, but it's still a luxury. Like we are okay at the positions right now. Um, it's just that you know we wanted superstars at at every position. But you know, if you have a superstar at every position, you have to re-sign a superstar at every position. And so that's a, that's an, another whole story, you know. And so maybe are we are okay being solid and continuity at the offensive line rather than having everyone be a stud pro bowl, you know, guard and, and tackle. Uh, but I think that, you know, you're right. He's gone out and he's built the team the way that not just us fans think, but the way that, that everybody thinks. Can, can you we know? go back and, to that for a very, I, I want to make a very specific point here or, or at least do a, a, go through a quick exercise here. So can, since 2015, Excuse me, since 2014, when they took Sammy Watkins in the first round, Gabriel Davis is the first, or excuse me, he's only the second wide receiver since Sammy Watkins that the Bills have drafted not in the sixth or seventh rounds. I know. Every receiver we have drafted since Sammy Watkins, but one before Gabriel Davis was drafted in the sixth or seventh round. Who was it? Zay Jones. We're making the sign. We're making Zay the sign. Jones. Z. Zay Jones. Yeah. Can you name? Can you name? So one, two, three, four. Can you Is name Ray Ray? two of the other four? That's one. Ray Ray McLeod. Isaiah McKenzie. Name one. No, we didn't draft him. No, we. He's not ours. I don't think. He, there was a mid-season free agency pickup. Huh. Oh, there's some randoms. Oh, yeah, yeah, Um Ah, oh, shoot. Bill, I'm looking at you. Can you hear Crying Baby at the moment, or is, am I good? I cannot. No, no, we cannot. It's not about what we can hear. It's about what your mic can hear. So can you repeat what the question is again? No, I won't. So the uh, – the, <laughs> other than Ray, I mean, you're not going to get these. It, the, one, the one you're going to go, oh. So the other ones were Desmond Lewis – Okay. Oh, T- tall guy out of Central Arkansas. Austin yep. Prohl, which was oh. our last draft pick in 2018. His dad, yep. uh, his dad was an NFL player. And uh, Suge, the guy you're thinking of, the rando, uh, Colby Listenby was the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Listenby. Listenby. Yeah. Oh, man. So aside from Zay Jones, those are the guys we have drafted at wide receiver since. Sammy Watkins. Now, I don't want to make, I don't want to like belabor the point here, but part of it's also that, like, yeah, that's what sixth round wide receivers look like. That's when we when we talk about these draft nicks and these guys who are signing day three grades. That's why I just want to fire all these guys right into the sun because, okay, come on, what are we doing here? Like, you you have a strong opinion about Kobe Listenby? Yes, somebody did in 2016. So. 
I, I you know, but there it, and then they exist though. Those weird fucking people exist. I actually think that you do better off in undrafted free agency than you do in your seventh round. Like I would love to see that stat sheet to see what is the percentage of seventh round draft picks that have a long career versus, uh, versus, um, un. Uh, sorry, undrafted free agents. Because I think that there's like very many people that just fall off the board because of some weird thing. Like I'm looking at our undrafted free agents now. I think that Trey Adams kid, if he can stay healthy, looks like a fucking stud. You know, he's huge. And now granted, he has a major, major injury concerns, but who knows, you know? Um, Okay, so please tell me that you guys have all seen the video of him at the Combine. Oh, yes. Yeah, Cassie, you should be watching this. Okay. Lars, you've not seen this? What does he do? What's the... Just oh, I said this in. on the group me. I yeah. said this on the group yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, so. Just type in Trey Edmonds combine answer oh, on Google. That's so, quite good. So, so while, while, Lars, while Lars is doing that, because the same thing happened on uh, WGR in the morning, um, I, I, I want to I get to Bill's Labatt Blue, right? B. I think he might be a master manipulator, master of group dynamics. Because if you look, okay, so if you look at his approach, right? So last year, it was all about the offensive linemen, right? I'm going to bring in a bunch of players. I'm going to have it be highly competitive. Boom, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to really get the offensive line to be where it needs to be. I think he did a great job of that. This year, it's wide receiver. We all were scratching our head. Robert Foster, why is he coming back? Okay, what not? We draft two in the we draft two, we pick up Stefan Diggs. He's crowding and trying to figure out the best group dynamic to bring forward for the wide receiver group. We've got some pretty good solid guys. I there's something about the way that he approaches things from a group dynamics perspective that I think is just it works. He knows how to work it. I'm very interested to see how it pays off with the wide receiver group. And if it worked the way the offensive line worked last year, I think we're going to be in a really great spot. You I hope it's almost be in like football it's... season this year. That's that's what I'm afraid of. But yes, I, I I'm with you. I there's so much to look forward to, and and as feel as Bills fans, we're going to have the goddamn rug pulled out from us like we always do by this stupid pandemic. Just uh, adding to what Cassie said, the one thing I wanted to say is that, you know, it's almost like there's this thing. It's like there's like this process that he follows. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe no, it's... but I, I, honestly, honestly, I, I think that it's uh, Cassie, you're you're spot on. And the 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 part of it that's interesting is that the other component of that was the veteran stuff. Right. The locker room stuff. Right. We're seeing a lot less of an emphasis on veteran presence you know all those other things yeah they wanted to get that uh the tight end from carolina in but that didn't work out and they but nowadays right now like we're seeing that uh we're seeing you know hell maybe uh what's his name is expendable our backup barkley's expendable you know because they've been there now they're coming into their third year these guys are no longer rookies they know the culture they and and once they feel entrenched in that culture they can let go of the veterans and then start to pick up just raw talent because the the culture is ingrained in that locker room and even a veteran walks into that room and knows that everyone's on the same page um I'm not going to say that they're in any way, shape, or form like the you know like the Patriots culture or anything like that. But still, there is a culture. 
I, I would actually go a step further and say they are more like the Patriots because they're not relying on veterans to come into the room and help shape it. They have now they have now built a room that when you come into it, you have to conform to it. And it yeah, yeah. Mean, then that's what I was getting. And I just think that I mean, obviously, there's levels of everything, but uh, but that's what I mean. Like they're not relying. They're not like who's that random running back, fullback with it that they signed for a year or two. Yeah, yeah, Tolbert, Ugh. right? Like, they, I mean, that, that's like not a talented guy, but obviously a hard worker, you know. And and even Frank Gore, you know, like his purpose there was more than just being a good football player. Um, even though he is a good football player, well, that's but, a great segue. But now, because now we're not, the, yeah. But the one room that is is presently lacking that, if unless you count T.J. Yeldon, is the running backs room. Um, and it, it, we sort of doubled down on the fact that it's a young room by getting younger in the room with the selection of Zach Moss. I will say that this year in the lead up to the draft, purely out of boredom, I watched a YouTube highlight video of one and only one prospect, and it was Zach Moss. And I thought, oh, yeah, this guy would look good, good in the Bills uniform. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited for what this guy brings. The thing that he rates highly at that Singletary did, too, is the dude just, like, breaks tackles. He's impossible to bring down. And if, if, there was, if Singletary did nothing else spectacularly in 2019, it's just generate yardage and just keep his feet moving and pick up two and a half, three extra yards when we thought the play was dead. And if, that's what we, if we keep getting more and more of that at the running back position, sign me up. Welcome aboard, Zach Moss. Yeah, I'll say that the the beauty of the two is that, yes, they both avoid tackles. You know, with Singletary, it's the jump cuts. It's the, you might get an arm on me, but you're not going to get a full body on me because I will move, I will spin, I will, yeah. you know, be elusive. Even though, even if it's not like a shady type of jump, you know, but it's, it's like a sudden change of motion, you know, and so, and, and it's not a top speed thing. But with, with Zach Moss, it's like, yeah, put your full fucking body on me. I'm going to put my full fucking body on you, and then you're going to fall down, and I'm going to keep going, right? Like, so he's not, you know, Jerome Bettis style, but he definitely takes the hit, right? Yeah. He talks about, I want to make people make business decisions. And so um, it's just a different type of a breaking tackle. You know, it's a, it's a, a power versus elusive. Um, and I think it's going to be a great one-two punch. And, yeah, I mean, yes, there is some concerns about – who you know? Who's the veteran? But I really think that Singletary learned a lot from Gore last year. Um, it was very abundantly obvious that Gore was doing everything under his power to bring him under his wing. And I think that uh, I think that hopefully that's enough. You know, it, when you're in a veteran offense, and and is there no other position on the team that like yeah you don't really need to be a friggin' rocket scientist to figure this out. I mean, or a veteran. They've been saying it. They've been saying it for years. Like running back is one of the few places on the field where you can just bring in a guy who's twenty years old, hand him the football, and be like, "Yeah, just go avoid people." And and they're pretty good at it. Like you don't. It's 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 not like cornerback. It's not wide receiver where you need to be crafty. It's not like offensive line where you need to be cerebral. Like you you can kind of plug and play at the position. Yeah, totally. Does anyone agree. want to scat back? Does anyone want to scat back? I keep seeing like all this shit. Like you know, you got the the people at Kansas City. You got the guy in in uh in Chicago. Um, no, Tariq I don't. Cohen. I, I, I don't. No, no, no. I I, I just like I always were built. 
quite frankly. I just I, part of me is like just curious of like what would that look like and what would that be like this little fast little. I mean, granted, Jeff is probably gonna beat me down because he's probably <laughs> having like horror visions of um what the hell's the guy Goodwin Good Goodwin yeah Marquis Marquis oh, gosh. Goodwin Br- Unbreakable it, it, yeah. Uh, but uh, but anyways, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking because right now I can already feel Jeff's hatred. No, let's. I think that's I think that's a, a good place to wrap here. That's a pretty good summation of everything that's gone on here in the last couple of weeks in Bills Nation. Um, so I think we should come back on the other side with a little wild card action. How do you guys feel about that? I like it. Ooh. Hold on, I got this. I got yeah, this. Yeah, cl- clink up. us out, Suge. Nice. Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. It's, it's the, the wild, wild card. card. <laughs> we fucked it up. I like that. No, it's pretty All... good. This is this yeah, is yeah. Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills. We do so drinking beer, and I tonight was enjoying several selections from the good people at Southern Tier. In addition to their uh, their double IPA. Uh, their little new juice IPA, the juicy IPA. I, I know, Cass, you're sick of hearing about IPA this, IPA that, uh, but that's what we get because I only consume gluten like every 14 days now. So when I do, I I, I go for what I like. What are you? I drinking, like that new girl? juice. You know, I don't. You know what I like about this? You guys have your IPA taste. We've got, you know, Jeff and I have got our light taste. We cover all gamuts of the spectrum. I agree. So. We don't have like a dark porter, like somebody who really brings it on that side of the spectrum, but those people are pretentious assholes, so fuck them. Yeah, and I mean, if we need a cider yeah. expert, Lars, we have you there too. Um, so I, you know, we're in Florida, um, and there is this amazing Hefeweizen called Funky Buddha, or it's out of the Funky Buddha Brewery, and it's called Floridian. And this brewery is out of order. So that's how you got COVID? Yeah, exactly. Funky Buddha. Um, this is out of Oakland Park, Florida. But, I, you know, I drink a lot of Hefeweizen. I drink a lot of light beers. And I will say, this is one thing coming down to Florida I always look forward to. So if you get a chance to have this beer, it's it's a go-to. It's a mandatory go-to. And in the meantime, Funky Buddha is legal in the great state of Illinois, and in particular in the city of Chicago. So uh, have at that as well. Billy, what are you drinking up there in Milwaukee tonight? Labatt Blue, baby. Going strong. How about you, Suge? Anything Love special? That. Love that. Yeah, um, I think I've talked about it before. This is the Stone um, Fear Movie Lions, which has a really interesting story on the back of it that I read for the first time, even though this is like my go-to train beer. Um, uh, then... I also want to talk about this one that I just recently learned of. Odell Brewing in Colorado um, makes, you know, (sighs) my whole thing about making IPAs clear again. Like, I'm so sick of, like, the... So this, uh, when I described it to the the purveyor of the beer store that uh, is up here in Park Ridge, Beer on the Wall, um, I'm sorry, Bitter Pops, for cheating on you, um, is, uh, you know, I told him, I was like, I want, you know, a clear IPA, West Coast-style you know, real hoppy, bitter, and he gave me this mercenary double IPA from uh, from Odell Brewing, and it's great. It's mm. it's just it's exactly kind of what I was. So, Lars, it's something that you would like. Bill, you may even think it's too much. I'm not sure, but mm. um, the one thing I wanted to mention is not something that I've actually had to drink tonight. Um, altogether, 
is a, a collaboration brewing. That's actually uh, the Brewers Association of America or whatever. They all decided to build up a a collaboration brew that's you know dedicated to the uh, you know the whatever the pandemic that we're going through. So this particular uh, version of All Together is made by Other Half Brewing from Milwaukee, actually. Uh, Bill. Um, yep. So yeah, it's it's called the Pilot Project. So if any of you guys can see, it's the Pilot Project all together. Um, it's an IPA, uh, but I think it's apparently very drinkable. Uh, some the person who had it said it was really good. But again, it's a collaboration, and uh, the all the proceeds from it or all the profits go towards um, helping out um, bars and 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 and, and restaurants that ha- are losing money during this time. Mm. So well, um, those are the three things. The best beers are the drinkable ones. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we teased it up top. Um, and Cassie, I'm shocked that like we, we hear from you on like a daily basis through our group me. I mean, there's there's rarely does, does time go by and it has and and we don't hear from you or anybody else. So I'm shocked that we only found out today. That you are that we are now one degree of separation, all of us, if we weren't already, from the Rona, from the COVID nineteen, uh, and I'll let you kind of walk us through your experience a little bit because I think people are curious to hear from those who have had it if you're comfortable talking about it and helping others understand, like you know, what was going on with you and and what happened. If so, would, would you give us a minute of, of a little bit of that yeah. insight? Yeah, so Sujit heard probably a little bit earlier. I, I texted him just kind of asking about some validity of our test results and whatnot. But um, it actually started with my husband. He, he went in, he was like, a buddy said, hey, there's a, a place we can go get tested. I'm going to go get tested for the antibodies. And he had felt a little ill in, in March, but nothing more than a common cold. So he goes in, he gets tested, he comes back not within less than 48 hours, right? They say it might take three to five days to get the results. Within 48 hours, they're like, you tested positive for the antibodies. So he looks at me and he goes, well, shit, like we've been, we've been quarantined together. You got to go get tested. So I go get tested. Easiest thing ever. They made it really simple, um, innovative systems or something in Chicago. If you can go out there and get tested really easy, it was a blood draw, um, in and out. And it, I actually, I did it on a Friday and I was like, well, I won't hear until Monday. And it was a Sunday around 1130 in the morning and I get a phone call and the lady's like, Hey, you know, I just want to call and tell you. And she goes, you tested positive for the antibodies. And I was like, Whoa, okay. And then she asked me some of my symptoms. So Back in like mid-March, right when the whole quarantine shutdown happened, I had a headache that lasted for about three to four days, and I lost my sense of taste. And beyond that, I just felt a little run down, but I thought it was, you know, working from home, figuring out a new schedule, things being different, and um, it 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 wasn't that bad. And sure enough, both of us, and we tested ourselves for fever nonstop. We still have been all the way up until getting the test. Like every day, we'd be like, hey, you got a fever? We'd test ourselves. Nothing. Well, you say that though, Cass, but like that's like we've heard stuff about how young people, sometimes the symptoms manifest in, in, what, in what is indicative of and in some cases becomes a stroke. 
And yeah. like not being able to taste things for four days, like that's that's like a textbook stroke sign. I mean, that's and, and having a headache on top of that, like that's I would be scared shitless if I. And I'm not trying to make you nervous, but yeah. like no. you know, like what what would you tell to our listeners that that would feel nervous hearing that, thinking that you know they've experienced the same thing? Yeah, I, I that, let me. Oh, go ahead, Suji. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I just want to jump in, like. Obviously, yes, a loss of taste it would be a sign of a stroke, but it's a very, very rare, rare, rare stroke. Like most strokes wouldn't show up with a loss of taste um, just because of the, the, the nerve that actually is affected by that. It's one of your cranial nerves. But the um, it, uh, that's not, not to say that it can't happen. But the with the flip side of that is that with coronavirus, loss of smell is extremely common. And when you so lose those, your sense of it's smell. It's not the same. So there's a distinction to be made there between taste and smell. Yeah, yeah, there is. But when you lose your sense of smell, you very often get the sensation that you also lose your sense of taste right. uh, because so much of taste is, is, is centered around smell or the ability to, to have some smell. And so but and that is not an uncommon thing. Now, the thing is, is that with strokes and one of the things that we're learning about coronavirus is just, you know, I, I like my level of knowledge and experience with this has kind of grown exponentially from the last time we were all on the pod together and I actually listened to the pod after I had gone through a week of being on call and was like oh you sounded like a really fucking idiot during that time <laughs> you know like um uh, but uh there's a couple things that I, I want to comment on that we'll talk about later but um but I, I do think that like you know the there's a issue of strokes and clots and things like that that are happening with coronavirus especially in the u.s like i don't think it was that well described outside of the u.s um but as a liver doctor where you know one of the things that that organ does is make your clotting factors um we saw some really just incredible physiology in terms of people developing clots and of course that can result in a stroke but i think that the specific loss of taste slash smell um is more a byproduct of the of the virus affecting the nasopharyngeal pathway, passageways, at least in my understanding, as opposed to a direct neurologic problem. Mm. Um, but the, uh, so, cause like that, it, more and more, well, that was actually one of the first new symptoms that was justifying testing. So it was fever, shortness of breath, cough, um, if you have any of those. And then one of the first few things was anosmia, which is the inability to smell. Um, and so, Cassie, did you notice smell or not really? I didn't. You know, I didn't notice smell. I really noticed taste. It was just, and it was before it was a symptom, right? So this is like March yeah. 17th, 18th, 19th, right? It wasn't really a symptom there. So I had a, the headache was because. Were you guys in Chicago at the yeah, time? Or we, were you just down in Florida? No, we were in Chicago and we were just hanging out, the two of us. And um, I thought the headache was from working at a, chair that the, it wasn't ergonomically correct right so i thought like you know i'm just getting used to like working differently and it felt like a neck kind of sinus headache um mm. but the sense of the sense of taste was just weird like i just remember like we'd ordered some food from athenian room which is a great greek restaurant in chicago and i remember eating it i was like that was weird i'm like i don't really that didn't taste like anything and it was just like that for like four or five days and then it was got better, but it was it was really odd. It was one thing that I was like, and then as soon as they said the it, the symptom became more pronounced of like, here's another symptom. I was like, whoa. I Shit. definitely had that. Like, that, but I didn't have any other you, any other symptoms. Did you guys go to Europe this year? We did not, but I will say, 
the week of March 11th and 12th, uh, there was a rather large event that we went to that had a contingency from the UK that flew in. Hmm. Um, Fuck, fucking British. There's about 20 to 30 Brits and probably 30. Except for Christian Wade. He's cool. Yeah. Or hey, 30. that's right. We got, him, we got him in the running backs room. Yep. And Better there were about 30 to 40 people from non-Chicago <laughs> that flew in the week before everything kind of shut down. So, But but you also take public transportation to get to work, too. So, I mean, like, for you, Correct. I mean, absent rigorous contact tracing or contact tracing on steroids, I mean, like, yeah. who knows? And, and we've had three direct contacts. So our neighbor downstairs who we've seen in this whole quarantine period as well as two people that we hung out with before kind of the shutdown officially like got really strong. Um, both of them went tested and they were negative. So, wow. you know, it's, it's such a shit show, you know, like the, the, the place you're going to get it now, like, you know, we're having patients obviously avoid the hospital and avoid our clinics. Our clinics are all shut down. We're doing virtual visits and all that other stuff. But like, it's, there's such an incredible unpredictability of it. You know, like my, uh, physician assistant has become the director of the ER um, emergency testing, you know, unit. Right. So she's just all she's doing is testing patients for COVID and triaging them and all that other stuff. She t- gets the antibody test and is totally negative, right? And 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 she actually had like she had to leave work because she was febrile after being on that shift for like two weeks she was febrile and felt like shit and like all those other so we're like oh you definitely are gonna have the antibody she didn't have it wow. um none of my co-workers have it which makes no damn sense right like if anyone like i'm sitting there rounding in a hospital with 250 covid patients you know and it just doesn't make any sense um the other thing that's just really incredible about this virus and it's just kind of getting into what uh, you know how much i didn't know last time i we spoke um and, and and how much i still don't know i'm not an expert of this stuff but um but was how interestingly and scarily different it affects certain people you know i have one patient that was incredibly sick like should anything should have knocked this guy over you know he should have you know he had every single chronic illness you could imagine and he was just sitting there with covid in his isolated room and this is before we like stopped going in the room routinely you know unless we really needed to um and he's just like yeah i feel a little run down it's yeah i i kind of want to get up and then he kind of lost his mind because of something not related to covid um and just lost every like lost every sense of sensibility um but the uh but but he was fine right like it, his he had all of his other problems but he was otherwise fine and then we have other people that were like relatively okay you know healthy people you know yeah they might have some underlying diseases but they ended up sick and on a breathing tube and all the other stuff so the 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 variability to which this virus affects people and the unpredictability, like, of course, if you have chronic illnesses, you are going to be more at risk, right? Like from a percentage standpoint. But even if you do have chronic illnesses, some people go unscathed and other people just die. Like, it's just unfucking believable. Like, you know, we have a person that was sick, getting better, getting better, getting better. I was really hopeful. You know, it was one of our closely followed patients, one of my colleague's favorite patients, getting better. I was telling her every single day getting better. And then all of a sudden, bam, just like that, on a turn of a hat, just gone. Wow. You she know? Died. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, like, 
It's it's. Inc- I mean, obviously, you know, the number of people that are dying in Illinois is is, is crazy as it is around the world, around the country. Um, and so I think the thing that I the one thing that I said right last time was that, you know, you know, precaution is worth everything. Fear is worth nothing, because at this point it's in the community now. It's not just going into the hotbeds like, you, you know, you, you're just as likely to get it at Jewel, even while you're wearing your face mask and all the stuff that then you are going into another environment. But um I guess the only thing that's changed is the level of precaution that seems appropriate now to me is is a lot higher. You know, mm. like we should be wearing masks. We should be doing all these other things as opposed to, you know, back back in that beginning, the recommendation was that, oh, this is just droplet. There's no benefit from a mask. And now now we don't know that that's just purely the, that way. And so um, I don't know. I mean, like there's obviously a lot of. And we don't want to make this into a political discussion, but there's a lot of. Yeah, we've, uh, we've competing- pi- I was going to say we've pivoted. No, yeah, I mean, there's podcast. a lot of competing stuff, but I, I just want to say that, like, hoping everyone stays safe. But, you know, just the one thing that I would say is that, you know, take it serious. You know, don't, you know, no matter what you hear, take it serious. Just because, you know, if, if you've walked through the hospital that I've walked through, like, that's this ain't a flu season, you know? Yeah, and, and, and Suji, I, I, by the way, we're Bills and Beers, so we're talking about Corona, Bill Nichols, so... Mm. We're, we're still on topic. Um, well, what I, like I want to say, what I want to say is what the, oh, no, sorry, Cassie, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, we're still being extremely precautious, even though we have the antibodies, right? So we, we wear masks. I'm still wearing a mask. I'm still washing my hands. I'm still following all the, the protocols that would need to be followed, right? So it's not like we're just like licking, you know, CTA handles because we feel like we have the antibodies, so... So one okay. one last point on that so, though too is that I was I was listening to an interview yesterday, Suge, and it was with a virologist, and she seemed to be one of the smartest people I've I've ever heard talk, and she seemed to <laughs> understand this stuff really really well. Um, yeah, but Lars, you sound really smart too. But let's be <laughs> yeah, serious. exactly. So imagine. <laughs> um, but she was saying that the thing that they didn't account for in their initial modeling, like two or three months ago, was they didn't account for the scientists giving recommendations to political leaders and political leaders being like, meh, whatever. Like they, like yeah. all of their models assumed that whatever they said, that people would follow those directions and they, they did not account for people just being like, yeah, I don't like how that sounds. So we're not going to do that. And, At, and now here we you, are. Have any of you started losing your mind and watching TikTok? Cause I'm all up on TikTok now. Okay, and I can't help it. There's this one TikTok that's all about like, don't do it, girl. It ain't worth it. And she's like, I'm not going to do it. You know, I was just thinking about it. And then there's like a pause. She's like, I did it. <laughs> so, so there was the last I one I saw. In yeah, to. Well, in reference to what? No, no, no. So it's it's like it's like two girlfriends talking. Like one was like, don't do it, girl. It ain't worth it. And then they show the other person. She's like, I'm not going to do it. I was just thinking about it. And then they show the original person like looking at her and then they go back to the person that was says they weren't going to do it. And they're like, I did it. So the way that this was played out was, um, it was a, a scientist talking to a politician and the scientist says, don't do it girl. Like in terms of opening up the state, don't do it girl. It ain't worth it. And the politician's like, 
I, I'm not going to do it. I was just thinking about it. And then there's a pause and the politician pops back up and he's like, I did it. <laughs> so, so anyways, if, if any of y'all not watching TikTok, y'all got to start watching some fucking TikTok. I have lost my entire fucking brain and it's so good. It's so good. There's so much good shit on there. You will just waste your entire life and your brain. Like, I seriously, there's at least like three different topics in medicine and science that are now no longer in my brain because of TikTok. <laughs> so but, I actually, I, today I watched a TikTok of a guy who had put on his screen um, a dotted line down the middle, and, and it was uh, states that are now safe to go to, states that are not safe to go to. And he was jumping back and forth over the cross, course of the video and it, to the song that we sang in the 1992 world's largest concert, which was Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, <laughs> Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana. But so like as 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 the you know come up and like oh this is safe not safe not safe back and forth back and forth so I, I watched that TikTok today. Anyways, we had talked about a wild card for this cast. We're really glad that you're safe and that you're in a, in a warmer, uh, more comfortable place because you're going to be working remotely for another couple months at least it seems, especially there in Chicago. Uh, so thanks for sharing your story. But we we did have a wild card on tap. Uh, I don't remember whose idea it was, so I'm going to turn over now to get us going on, on, on what today's wild card actually is. Yeah, so, you know, we're all here sitting in our fucking houses, ready to fucking choke some people. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, not my family. I just want to choke myself. I want to kill somebody for not letting me go hang with people. Okay, you all know I'm a social creature. You all know I can't, like, I make you spend time with me. I make you come to the bar. I'm like, oh, we want to just, well, we're just going to watch from home. Like, fuck you. I will show up at your house. Have you lost your mind? You better come to the bar and hang out with me. I am severely codependent, and I need to see people. And... So I at, we're all like, OK, we're all waiting. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when it's all over? Right. Like I talked to like what restaurant you're going to go to. What are you going to do? So I want to know if you can apply this to the bills. Like if there's something bills related that you're going to do because there ain't no been no damn sports. There's no like, you know, all those other things. What are you going to do? But. I want to know, what is it that you're going to fucking binge on? Right now we're binging on fucking Tiger King and, 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 and all that other stuff. We're, you're binging on – are you going to buy like 2,000 rolls of Bill's colored toilet paper? Like what are we going to do? You. No, I, I actually I – know, I know the answer. Okay, you're, you're jogging my memory here. So um, we talked before going live. Um, what's today? Today's Friday. Two days ago, we closed on our place here in Philadelphia. We're going to move. The house we're moving into in Westchester, which is one of the suburbs out here, uh, had a dedicated fitness room in it that I'm planning to outfit as a fitness room. Well, turns out uh, you can't buy no. fitness equipment right now. Um, so I had like stocked up and I'm, I'm looking to buy like three to five grand worth of like free weights and treadmills, a bunch of other shit, and, like just deck this bitch out. But like, yeah. That, that's that's one thing that is not presently available. It is sold out everywhere. Um, and so to bring it more to the point, Suj, yes, as soon as as soon as we come back online, like I got several thousand dollars. Some of it came from Uncle Sam that I'm just going to throw right at that project. But one of the, the place that I want to source this from, um, you can like customize your barbells. 
And so I'm thinking now, like, Ooh. fuck, and I'm going to do it. If I'm going to splurge, like, I should my, – my main 45-pound bar, like, I should, make, I should get a Bill's barbell. Oh, I love that. Hot. You should make it – like get the, the get the like like you know the Bills new uh, athletic facility how yeah. all the like everything's got a Bills logo on you should find out if you can get that shit yeah oh, I can man, get the logo on and I can probably get it like brushed in like electric blue too no man you should definitely have Sajit uh, put a, <laughs> one of his famous st- sticker stickers on uh... <laughs> just come just come over and, and put stickers it'll, on all my plates just like awkwardly it'll only be a little bit crooked it'll only be a little bit crooked. <laughs> Oh man, guys! You know what, man? I am. Uh, it's not something that's I'm, I'm looking to binge on necessarily. I am just. Uh, you know, I go back every year for at least one game, and I'm just hoping that that's something that I can do. Uh, just be there, man, at the stadium, just like normal. Seventy-three thousand tailgating, seeing peeing in snow, like you know, urinals, like whatever, hanging out, having fun. Uh, whether it's with my dad or with you guys or with a group of friends. So, uh, yeah, I mean, let's open this baby up at some point, and uh, I, I hope that that's going to go down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I, I'm with Bill because Antibodies Tour 2020 can't stop here. And as soon as that <laughs> schedule came out, I was like, guys, Vegas, October 4th. <laughs> oh. Lars, you oh. and I both celebrate <laughs> wedding anniversaries the same weekends. There's nothing That's that right. says happy anniversary like a Bills game in Las Vegas. Or? I like that. Or yeah, we, I'm going to Vegas. Shit, we haven't even talked about the schedule. Is that is that one of the games? It is the game. Yeah, we're going to Vegas. There's Vegas. There's Rona. Uh, sorry, Arizona. Uh, there's um, Nashville too, right? Nashville. We got Nashville. The the crazy thing is that guys, four of I think uh, three of the four primetime games are within four weeks. It's like three yeah. primetime games within four weeks. Yeah, because like yeah. our our schedule is a little bit brutal. I do want to say, you know, when we talk about when we talk about you know what are the things you're going to do. Um, I think that I'm just going to not take for granted some of the nonsense that, you know, we always did. Like, oh, yeah, we're all like, well, if we watch the Super Bowl, you know, if we go to the Super Bowl, are we going to, you know, all go to the game together? Or are we going to all get to and watch it from, you know, it's like it's almost like there was a question. And now it's like all very clear, you know, like it's all very clear. It's like, I don't give a fuck where we go. I just want to be with you guys. Right. And yeah. and the 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 other side is that, you know, like we always talk about, like, oh, we should all go to a game together. But then all of us have something to do or, you know, you guys have been better than I have. Uh, but, you know, why wait, right? Because there could be another fucking pandemic and one of us is fucking dead, right? Like, not to be wow. morbid. Not to, no, I mean, not to be morbid, but at the same time, like, if anything, like, oh, this, this, this shit should just, like, all kind of prove to us that, like, let's live our lives. Like, let's, let's, let's do our best. Let's, let's live our best lives. But, like, let's also, like, take advantage of the moment that the moment in the present, right? Like, mm. and that let's go to fucking Vegas, you know? Let's go watch a fucking game and let's go gamble and let's do all that bullshit that we should be doing together because it's going to be a great memory and that's really all that matters so and just a quick um yes 100 percent. the three of our last five games are primetime games it works out so. perfectly with my school schedule so i'm uh thank you nfl <laughs> yeah so we're primetime on december 7th december 13th and december 28th 
Wow. What happens? Oh, and that's the other than that, we have a break. Okay. No, we have a, the 20th, the 20th another game. Under the 20th, we're a regular game. The other game. It's going to be a fucking crazy season. You know what? Here's the thing, guys. If uh, the beginning of the season gets truncated, then we just have more and more primetime games. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, that's. Like, granted, there, a lot of those games are not easy games to play, but hopefully it can get truncated until after Kansas City, and then we'll, we'll, then we'll move on. God, I hope what so. I would ha- what I would hate to happen is the season is somehow truncated or it's a different type of a season, and the Bills end up winning the Super Bowl, but then everyone says, it's well, a big no, asterisk. that yeah. really count, like because of X, Y, or Z. I can I can see that happening to us. So then we'll go back the next year, of course, and win. But Cass, did you have a wild card you wanted to share? <laughs> yeah, I, I I shared mine. Mine was I'm on the antibody tour 2020. I'm going to like every antibody Bills game. Tour, that's right. Every Bills game. That's right. I'm licking okay. the urinals. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. That's disgusting. So I'm the only one who hasn't committed to a game in 2020. It's fully. You guys. I mean, I'm I'm on board with the spirit of what you guys have said, but you guys have. You guys have really put an exclamation point on your desire to get to a game this year. No, well, my question is, guys, do we want to do like Nashville, where it'll be Bill Central, or do we want to go to Vegas, yes. where like I there's going to be no Bills? It's going to be Bill Central too, man. I think that's you do. Vegas doesn't have fucking local fans. Yeah, we'll take yeah. over. You, you, a bunch of degenerate. But they're Bills a brand new team, Vegas? don't you think? Don't you? But don't you think that there's going to be like a, a novelty factor that's going to get all the Vegas people out because they're so going to be a brand new also, team. That's also I don't know, man. Maybe, I uh, maybe. I, Dude, Nashville, Nashville is awesome. Drinking in the streets, just like. So I mean, Nashville and and, and 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 Vegas are consecutive weeks. Yeah, back so to we, back. If we, if, if we <laughs> really want to do it, take it down, baby. We, take we can it go down. On a, a ten day bill spender. Fucking <laughs> 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 globe globe trotting bill spender. Uh, I, I will ever last told you for guys four that... hours. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of dark hotel time. Have I ever told you guys that I think that mosaic cups taste like vagina? <laughs> I say this because uh, that altogether beer is um, is very heavy on the mosaic cups. So okay, find <laughs> us on iTunes, find us on Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. Just search for Bills and Beers. Uh, this has been fun. I'm I'm grateful for the new format. Hopefully, between now and when everybody stops pressing record and renders, we don't have any technical difficulties. So yeah, open. what's the likelihood of that happening? Oh, hopefully, but hopefully you're still with us. Again, a kind of a long pod, and nobody's really listening to podcasts because nobody's driving anywhere these days. But. Uh, if you have, thanks. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your loved ones, tell everybody in Bill's Nation how you found us. And, gang, we'll be back. Hopefully, we'll see how this thing progresses. Uh, you know, usually we kind of take the time off between now and training camp, and who knows what the time frame is going to be for any of that shit. So, it's going to have to sit back and wait for all this stuff to unfold. And hopefully, we get a chance to watch our boys play because I think that uh, everything's coming up Buffalo. So,. Um, I'm gonna need y'all to come back. I'm gonna need y'all to come back. You know I got desperate needs. Okay, yeah. that's you. All right. Well, in, until next time, uh, Cass, Bill, Sujit, thanks for joining us. I'm Lars, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Good hanging. Later. Go Bills. The Bills make me wanna. Shout.